Leibel Eger in the Taurus MS asks, Pashas Vayakel begins with such an unusual flourish. Psukim that we're used to are one of two things, either Hashem commands Moshe Rabbeinu to tell the Jewish people a certain set of laws and Moshe Rabbeinu relays it, or the Torah is telling us something that the Jewish people did and Moshe Rabbeinu's reaction to it and trying to figure out how to navigate that or but few and far between do we find that the Torah recounts something that Moshe Rabbeinu did without Hashem really telling him what to do. It doesn't say, Vayadab Hashem Moshe, Lemur, Hakel Ha'am, and explain to them about Shabbos and the Mishkan and all these different details that we find in the beginning of the Parsha, but it just begins. Moshe Rabbeinu comes and he, he gathers everyone together. He does an act of Vayakil by himself without, without, without having a divine command. So Rav Leibl says what he says. But as I'm sitting here now, you know, after we lane on Mondays and Thursdays, in certain places there's a custom to say a, a few Yihiratsons. Either one of the Gabayim or the Shlech Tzibor says a series of Yihiratsons. And at the end of the Yihiratsons, so everybody answers together and says, Achenu Kobes Yisrael. Right, we have this whole... And so in, by the Belzer... Tzadikim, one of the rabbis said that after all these Yihiratzons, may it be Hashem's will, may it be Hashem's will, may it be Hashem's will, then afterwards, the people all respond, Achenu kol beis Yisrael. And they don't say Yihiratzon, that the Jewish people should gather together. And it would make a lot of sense that Yihiratzon, that Achenu kol beis Yisrael, wherever we are in the world, Hanasunu Matsara, we should be able to over, overcome whatever difficulties faced with. Belzer Rebbe said that Achenu Kol Beis Yisrael is automatically an Eis Ratzon. All these other things that we're asking from Hashem, we're trying to create an Eis Ratzon. But when the Jewish people are together, when we're Achenu Kol Beis Yisrael, when the Jewish people are sitting together, you don't have to say Yihir Ratzon before because it's automatically Yihir Ratzon. It's implied Yihir Ratzon. And so Moshe Rabbeinu does almost nothing on his own. Everything Moshe Rabbeinu does is a tzivoy from Hashem. And when Am Yisrael does something, Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't know what to do. He turns to Hashem and says, what should I do? I don't know how to act. But when it comes to gathering the Jewish people together, that's not something Moshe Rabbeinu has to ask about. Something which is a, to be bringing together the Jewish people is not something that he needs to ask about. Many years ago, I saw in a sefer one of the, the what's the first thing he tells them right after he gathers them together? Eila Hadvarim, Shabbos. Chazal learn out, the Balaturim learns out from the, I mean, it's found in earlier sources. The Balaturim says on the Pasuk, Eila Hadvarim, Eila is Bigamatria 36, Hadvarim is Ha, hey, the hey gets an extra one, plus Dvarim is, is plural, so an extra three, now you get another three, and that's the 39 Malachos, Eila Hadvarim. Mitzvah Shabbos. So Chazal learned from here the 39 Malachos. So many years ago I saw if the whole Indian of Shabbos is that a person needs six days, a person needs to recharge, needs to get things back in order, they need to have at least, as the Tzadikim explained, that six days. You have chatzil l'Hashem, chatzil l'Chem. You know, you're living your life davening and learning kavatit matara, but you also have to take care of your own, what's called, dinyani l'Chem. 
Shabbos is Lashem Elokechem. Shabbos is complete. Is Kula Lashem. Shabbos goes to Hashem. But if that's true, so then, no, if I was born on a Sunday, so I should count seven days, you know? So Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Oh, Shabbos is going to be my Shabbos. Six days, and on the seventh day, that'll be my Shabbos. But if I was born on a Tuesday, if I was born on a Tuesday, then let Monday be my Shabbos. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday will be my Shabbos. Or if you don't want to do it based on birth because the child isn't incapable of, the bar mitzvah falls out on a Wednesday, so let Shabbos for that person be on a Tuesday. So you see from here the unbelievable chesed that Hashem gave the Jewish people that we should be able to experience Shabbos on a level of doing it together. That it should be vayakil. That every time a person comes together, Shabbos is this opportunity for people to come together for Jews to be able to celebrate Shabbos together, even if they're separated. Right? Nowadays, we're so used to having Erevin, and so we're able to kind of go and visit each other. And Even if that Vayakil is just a person with their own family, but knowing that we're doing this all together, I'm doing Shabbos, and you're doing Shabbos, and we're all doing it on the same schedule, there's a level of Jewish people coming together that takes place there. While Shorbenu was introducing to the Jewish people this whole Indian of Shabbos, he learned from Shabbos, that when the Jewish people come together, it's an automatic Yis Ratzon. In that sense, Tzadikim explained the B'nai Saskar, it's in the Ma'amari Shabbos, in the beginning of the Sefer B'nai Saskar, he has, before he goes through the different months, he goes through the Ma'amari Shabbos, he asks the question, Mizmor Shir Liyom HaShabbos, Tov Lahodos Lashem. Mizmor Shir Liyom HaShabbos, Tov Lahodos Lashem. Such a deep Torah, what he says. Wow. B'nai Saskar says, the Gemara Brachos says that from the time of the creation of the world until Leia Imenu, no one ever gave Hodat to Hashem. There were people who were Mishabeach Hashem, there were people who said nice things to Hashem. But when Leia Imenu gives birth to Yehuda, she says, Hapam Odas Hashem. Now I'm going to praise Hashem. Now I'm going to thank Hashem, excuse me. Hapam Odas Hashem. I'm going to thank Hashem. Now, hapam odas Hashem doesn't just mean this time as opposed to the previous births, but it means hapam, now, finally, someone in the world is going to come and be, give, give hodat Hashem. And so many Mepharshim already point out why is it that hapam odas Hashem, why did she specifically, by the birth of Yehuda, hapam odas Hashem? So we find again already in Chazal that Leah was a prophetess, and she understood that there were supposed to be three shvatim per, per, uh, per each of the wives of, of Yaakov, you know? The shvachos and the imahos. Each of them was supposed to have three for a total of twelve. When she had Yehuda, who was her fourth child, so she said, now I got more than I deserved. I got something extra. I got a hosafa, I got a tosefas that I, that I never was expecting. And Leah was the first one to recognize for the first time that everything that a person gets, this is all extra. Hashem. That by recognizing that she got more than she deserved in terms of vis-a-vis the breakup of each of the imaus and the shvachos getting three shvatim, she said, I got more than I deserved. 
And then she realized that really I got more than I deserved to the first child and the second child and the third child and all the children. So the Bnei Saskar says, Mizmor Shir Leo Mashabas Tov Lahodos Lashem. When a person recognizes that Shabbos is Me'ein Olam Haba, why is it specifically Tov Lahodos Hashem, not Tov Lashabach Hashem? Why specifically Tov Lahodos Hashem? Because Shabbos is something that we're Modet Hashem. See, it makes sense. There's, there's Olam Haza, there's this world to work and to do the strenuous labor of, of trying to figure out Noach Ladim Shalom Nivra Yosem Nivra. It would be more comfortable to not have been created. The world with all of its bilbulim and all of its struggle and all of its, all of its temptation, it's Tavod is very not so simple. And so, as Chazal tell us, Hashem gave us this world, Olam Hazeh, to do the Malacha. And the next world is to enjoy and to be rewarded. But then says, B'nai Sashar, Hashem went above and beyond and gave us something we didn't deserve, which is, He gave us a little bit of Olam Haba. He like blurred the borders a little bit of Olam Haba and Olam Haza by giving us Shabbos in the, middle of, in the middle of this world. In the middle of the parched desert of this world, Hashem gave us something that we didn't deserve. He gave us more than what we deserve. That even Toch even in the middle of the Sheish Yamim Tavod of this world, we can look forward to a Shabbos and taste a little bit of Olam Haba in Olam Haza. It's like a mashal that is found in certain sfarim of a hunchback, a person who has a difficult uh, time, they, their back is bent over and they, they're trying to do some physical therapy in order to be able to correct it because it's very difficult for them to walk. And if for months at a time they find that they're not making any progress, they're not getting any closer to that goal of being able to walk on their own without all types of braces and all types of things to keep them straight. Then they'll lose, up, they'll lose hope. They'll give me a niche. They'll, they'll lose any, any hope that they'll one day be able to walk on their own. But if by some chance, by some miracle, once a week this person was able to walk on their own and they felt like they were able to taste a little bit of the progress that they'll get to at the end, then they would never stop trying. And so Shabbos is that taste of us at our best. It's a taste of us being able to experience Hashem, to praise Hashem for giving us Shabbos. And there's a number of, a number of reasons that we, we do this every week. One reason is, is Vayakel, is to get together, sit together in a more quiet setting where just the energy is different in the room. The lights are off. There's a sense of melding into the kila. Certainly when you're singing, you lose some sense of your own voice. So that's one aspect. The other, the other thing which I've spoken about so many times is, you know, once already Hashem is giving us a little bit of Olam Haba and Olam Haza, so let's try to, you know, I, I often joke that this is the earliest Kabbalah Shabbos minion in all of Jerusalem, on Thursday afternoon already, not halachically, can't do that after, until after Plad Mincha on Friday, don't get nervous, but already to be yearning for Shabbos in some proactive way, 
means that we understand that Shabbos is the gift that Hashem gave us. Like we said before, the, the gift of being able to have Shabbos on the same day all together. And the gift of being able to walk straight for 24 hours or perhaps more if we can. Okay, no, I'm not going to go around. 
Sefer is like, I mean, a lot of people noticed this. A few people came over to me this week and said, Shnai Mikra, like Rashi is pretty, like, went like radio silent, you know. It's because comfortable silence is a very deep thing. When you have a home after you've dated for so long, you know, Am Yisrael and Hashem, I mean, it was a chassidish wedding. They got married like after meeting once by Harsinai. Just like, and at first, at first, or the engagement at least, you know, the engagement, the Ayrson was by, by Harsinai. But then there's like some time in between when, you know, certainly you can go back far enough. So there's a year in between Ayrson and Nisuin. So Amisrael's building the, the house and getting ready to be able to be in this relationship. and. All along, there's lots of dibur and talk, and Hashem is like, well, here's, like, here's what you need to do, and parshas mishpatim, and here's, you know, go to bed, bath, and beyond, and choose the, the drapes and the, you know, the sheets and the, what, what, you know, forks and knives we're going to get and all this stuff. And then, like, you build a house, and you have a house, finally, and, like, you just sit on the couch together. That's, like, great. You know, it's, like, the best. You have to talk so much. There's going to be so many diburim. So you open up this farm, you see Parshas Vayakil. It's like, people are already talking about, the pshat is like people are already talking about Purim and you know, the Arba Parshios fall out a lot of times. You know, sometimes it's wrapped up together with Vayakil Pekude and it's like so much, that there's not like so much to say. And after all, we already spoke about all the Kalim so many times. But the depth, the depth is that you don't need to, you don't need to say so much. Being together, that's the psukim, or just us being together with Hashem in the house. In Tanakh, in, in, in the Sifri Nevi'im, the Beis HaMikdash, the Mishkan is already a, an iteration of the Mikdash. So the Beis HaMikdash is already referred to as, there's certain parts of the Beis HaMikdash, I think I mentioned this before, that the, the Kodesh Kodesh is referred to as the Cheder Hamitos, the bedroom. Not so much Diburim, not so much talking. Just being together. And it's not by accident that Vayakel always comes, you know, within striking distance of, of Purim. And that the Tzadikim are all talking about Purim. Sometimes when you don't have a double odd there, so we're already like, you know, we're very much there. We, we, we put Vayakel Pekude together and Ramamish by Purim. But Vayakel is with, always within those 30 days before Purim because... Purim is mamish like even a deeper level. Imagine for a second that I come downstairs one morning and I'm on my way out to Tishiva and I find that there's a a muffin and a coffee and a note that says, Have a great day. Love you. It's not signed by anybody, you know? So I'm like, who wrote this note? You know, like, I can't imagine who could have possibly written me this note and made me this, 
this cup of coffee. Like, I can't. Right? That doesn't... That's not... We all know who wrote the note. We all know who, who made the coffee. And so the Megillah doesn't have Hashem's name in it. It's like, well, who's running the story here? Like, you know, Hashem's name is nowhere to be found. It means that after you live in a house with somebody and after you've built that relationship, and this is just the, I mean, this is just the beginning. We're like, Chazal were very clever like this. We're like bookending these parshios find in the Tamid Ebal Shem Tov that specifically all the parshas of the Mishkan fall out in Adar because as we've mentioned before Alufo Shal Olam Dar Hashem Alev Dar the Aluf the chief of the world the champion of the world Hashem is Dar he's coming down into the world in a very strong way and so by the Purim story which is being purposely placed against the backdrop of the parsha that we're reading the Purim story is when you have a home and you're living in a home with somebody, you don't have so, you have to say so much because there's this comfortable silence that exists so deep within the relationship. You also don't have to sign your letters. You don't have to sign the note. And so the deepest thing is that the, the Megillah has no, the Megillah's Esther has no mention of Hashem's name. But like, of course, we know exactly who it's from. We know the whole story. Not only is Hashem's name not found in it, but Hashem is not anywhere in the story. It's like, this whole political subterfuge story that doesn't really demand Hashem's presence, but the truth is that it doesn't demand Hashem's presence verbally or to be articulated in any explicit way because who else made the coffee? Who else saved the Jewish people? Who else do you think is pulling the strings behind the scene? And so we're able to be a little bit quieter, a little bit more comfortable. Which is also the Indian of Shabbos. That's why Vayakal also begins with his Indian of Shabbos. You know, the Yerushalmi cites from the Tanayim that Bekoshi, Bekoshi, with, you know, with great difficulty, the sages allowed us to talk on Shabbos. So the Gemara says that really, Shabbos, there should have been like an Isser of talking. We shouldn't have been allowed to talk. Why? Just because Chazal wanted to control our every move? It's not enough, we can't turn on the lights, play musical instruments now. We also can't talk. That's not the pshat. The pshat is that Chazal said, Bekoshi, they're allowed talking on Shabbos because Shabbos is the experience of being alone with Hashem, being in Yechidus with Hashem. In fact, some of the explanations of Shalom Aleichem, at the end of Shalom Aleichem, we say, Tzeschem l'shalom alechei ha-shalom. We kick out the malachim, right? Are we kicking out the malachim? So some people explain, no, we're saying to the malachim of the, of the six days of the week, and we're, we were welcoming in first the shot. We don't want to be left with, we don't want to kick out the weekday malachim before we have the malachim asharis, malachim elion of Shabbos. So we were first welcoming the malachim asharis of, and this is how they did in the Beis HaMikdash also. The new kohanim would come in. They would bless each other, the kohanim would, and then the old kohanim would leave out. They wouldn't like dismiss the old kohanim before the new ones came in. Some people look saying Pashup Shat. It's good, you can write down the Pashup Shat too. The Pashup Shat is that we're saying, we're saying, we're saying, Shalom Aleichem, Boachim Shalom, Baruchuni Shalom, all the new Malachim, and again with the blessings, just like the Kohanim would bless each other. And then there would be like a changing of the garbage. It's Yitzchak Shalom to the Malachim of the week we'll see after Havdalah. But some explain 
that we're saying Tzitzchem L'sham to the Malachim at the end of Shom Lechem, because we're saying, thank you for coming, Malachim, thank you for blessing us. But now please leave so we could be in the Yichud Ramon with Hashem. Malachim don't have any place here. This is just for us, for Am Yisrael and Hashem. The deeper your relationship is, the less you have to say so many words. The less you have to say so many words, you know exactly what the other person is. And, and just being together in the room is so, so wonderful. One of the inyanim that you find later in the parsha is the inyan of the of the kior. The kior is made by these these women, these nashim, who come to the opening, the pesach of the al moed, and Rashi tells us that they dedicated their mirrors. That's interesting. If you look at Rashi, Rashi says I don't have mikroskedulos here, but Rashi says they dedicated their mirrors. They had these uh, copper mirrors and they were dedicated to Moshe Rabbeinu. At, at first Moshe Rabbeinu said, this is, these are mirrors which are used to, to beautify women, to, to entice uh, their husbands, but nevertheless to entice their husbands towards this very physical thing. And so it's in, inappropriate to incorporate that into the Bisa Niktash. And Hashem said, Adraba, this is, this is beloved to me, creation of, of new Jewish life. The Ibn Ezra has like a little bit of a different understanding of these women who are crowding by the Pesach of the Almond. What are they doing over there? Why are they? Why are, why are these? I mean, the description of these women who are crowding by the Pesach of the Almond. Rashi makes it sound like they're crowding because they're coming to donate. So like they were this, they were there for the donation. It happens to be at this moment that these women are crowding by the Pesach of. But if you look at the Pesukim, the Pesukim seem to refer to them as kind of like this descriptor of these women who are constantly there. So the Ibn Ezra says that these are, these same women who are donating, there were lots of women who had, I mean the Sacha Kol, the cure was, you know, it was a big, it was a big clea, but it wasn't like, it wasn't the size of this room. 600,000 men, which means approximately 600,000 women of marriageable age. 600,000 copper mirrors is enough to make a cure that's like, you know, and cover the entire building and, and more, and copper. So this was the copper mirrors that came from these women specifically who were crowding by the Pesach Olamoid. And this isn't something that they were crowding by the Pesach Olamoid just to give their cure, just to give their mirrors. But these are women who were constantly by the Pesach Olamoid. In fact, the reason that they were by the Pesach Olamoid is the same reason they give their mirrors. Look in Rabbeinu Bachya, over there by those Pesukim, it explains that in Hebrew, in Lashon HaKodesh, a mirror, a mirror is Memresh Aleph Hay. A mirror is the same word, Mar'eh and Mar'ah, mean both a mirror and Mar'ah, a vision. A prophetic vision. Mar'os Laila, like we find. 
In Yechezkel, Yechezkel has marot. He has, he has visions, prophetic visions. The Ibn Ezra says, unprompted, out of nowhere, the Ibn Ezra says that these women who are crowding by the Pesach of the Almoid were there all the time because they wanted to be in close proximity of the Mishkan because they just wanted to be there to daven. They, wanted, they were there da- davening. That's the Lashon that the Ibn Ezra says. They were crowding by the, by the Mishkan because they wanted to be there to, to be part of the davening by the Hashras HaShchino, by the Mishkan. Now, it's only natural that those people who are crowding around by the Pesach HaOel, who wants so desperately to be part of that community of Bali Tefillah, as I explained in, in, to some of the guys in Chumash here the other day, that I once had a Chiddush, the Gemara says, Ezehu ir gedola batlonim. What's considered a, an ir gedola? Mishnayis and Megillah. Some, a city that has 10 batlanim. Now, Rashi explains why they're called batlanim. They're called batlanim because they're batlanim malachtam, they don't go to work, and they're available at all times to be able to make minyanim. Like uh, kolniks who are sitting in the base medrash, and whenever you know you need a, you need a quick yehei rab or something, you need a kaddish, so these guys are batlanim malachtam in order to be available to make a quick minyan for Dvaram Shabbat so I once thought that maybe the reason they're called batlanim is because they're professional daveners, meaning they're there all the time to make minyan. And the whole of Voda of tefillah is bitl. They're not called batlanim because they're batl mimalachtam. They're not batlanim in the way that we would refer to them as batlanim. And the simple interpretation means they're like, uh, you know, they're like, they're bums. They're batlanim. They're like, they're like waste, time wasters. Batlanim. They don't have their batl mimalachtam. They're like, but perhaps a, a deeper and more charitable read, I'm not saying that Rashi's read is wrong, that's the pshat. But the deeper explanation of why they're called batlanim is because they, they're professional nullifiers, they're there to make, to daven. And so these women who are crowding by the Pesach HaOel are from this group of batlanim also. They're people who are looking to mevatel themselves. And Rabbi Nubachya and the Balturim and the Ibn Ezra are all really saying the same thing. Look at those psukim, look at them inside, see them deeply. And you'll see that this group of women was a very specific group of women who were attached to the world of tefillah in a very deep way. And because they were attached to the world of tefillah, and the world of tefillah is all about measuring up my own ratzon, my own will, to a greater will, to the will, to the dreams and hopes of Am Yisrael, and really to the hopes and dreams of what does Hashem want in the world? What does Hashem really want me to have? Tefillah is not just a laundry list of things to Hashem, but it's this kind of delicate dance of being embarrassed to ask from Hashem because Hashem, do you really want me to have this? And trying to measure myself up against this Ratzon Hashem. Being mevatel myself to Hashem and recognizing that anything I'm asking for and anything I want can only be achieved when I take it, when I get it from Hashem. And so not surprisingly, these women handed in their mirrors. Because what's a mirror? A mirror is something that you do, you look in, it's something that you create so that you can look at yourself, so you can see yourself. And so they took that self-centered, quite literally, the device which is so focused on self-centeredness, and through their tefillah, through their coming close to the place of the Mishkan, repeatedly, they were able to recognize and to see through the mirrors 
Like when a person is looking in a window and the window it's a little bit dark outside and you see it, your reflection a little bit, but if you squint and you look past your own reflection, you could begin to see what's on the other side of the, of the window. And that explains the Baal Turim, explains Rabbeinu Bachi, is what prophecy is. Prophecy is when you take your five senses and you're looking at the world and all you're seeing is your own negios, your own, what can I get out of this? What do I take from this? And when you stop looking in the mirror and you move yourself out of the way a little bit, and to say you see your reflection in that window pane, but you look past your own reflection and you can see outside, you can see the trees and you can see the fields and you can see the other people and you can see the other things on the other side. In the case of Nevoah, you end up seeing what, what does Hashem really see the world as? Olam Barur. Instead of an Olam Hafuch. Instead of seeing an upside down world, we see an Olam Barur. You know, mirrors, you see things backwards. But when you're looking through, you're seeing things the right way. So these women who were crowding by the Pesach Ha'ol in order to be by the place of Tefillah, the ultimate place, Kibesi based Tefillah Kolamim, were able to develop themselves in such a way where they were able to put aside their mirrors, both literally and physically, physically, and at the same time also mentally, to put aside those literal and physical mirrors on the one hand, and at the same time to push away their perception of reality where they're only able to see the world as they wish to see it, and in exchange for their, their mar, eh, they were able to get marot, they were able to get visions. The Ishbitzer explained in Meshiloach, Ishbitzer explained that the kior, what's the kior that was created from these mirrors? Kior is used by the Kohanim to wash their hands. Hands, explains the Ishbitzer, is the ultimate place where a person's ratzon, where a person's ratzonos are expressed. I want something, I reach out my hand to grab it. The hand is like this automatic expression of my ratzon. Even without thinking, I see something that I like, I, I start to reach out. All the avodah in the Beis HaMikdash, which is being done, is an expression of the ritzonos of the Kohanim. And before they act in their avodah, they need to wash their hands. Netilas yadayim actually means to raise, to elevate up the hands, to ele- elevate the hands. Elevate them not just by lifting them up, but also elevating them because we're elevating our ratzon. We're taking any of our personal negios, any of our personal ritzonos, and we're washing those clean. And we're saying that just like these women were able to see past themselves, let my avoda in the Beis HaMikdash, the Kohanim are saying, or when we wash the Tehsedayim Zecher to that, let my avoda Hashem when I wash in the morning, let my davening, let my avoda Hashem, let my avoda my melacha in the world, let my eating when I'm eating bread, let all of this be without me only seeing myself, what tastes good and what feels good and what... To be able to see past my own expression of ratzon, to be able to tap into something higher. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da
There's a certain shame of Yudhe Yudhe, which is going to be connected with Adnus. Yudhe Yudhe plus Adnus is 65 plus 30 is 95 is Yafe. You say the Zivug should be Ole Yafe, it means this Zivug should bring about the final redemption. And every time there's a 
every time there's a marriage, it's ma'orer, that bracha, for people who are married and people who are not married, that we should believe that our zivugim, the zivugim that we're building right now, and the zivugim that we're currently in the middle of being expressed, the zivugim should be ole yafeh, that we should have beautiful, shining children, all of us. In the right time, we should have beautiful, shining children, we should have shalom bayis, we should have kedusha and tahara that permeate our homes. We wish the chasen kala, that their zivug should be ole yafeh, and all of your zivugim should be ole yafeh, and my zivug should be ole yafeh. Should bring us to the time of Bayama who yes, I'm a Kharishwakar. Oh, uh-huh.